2: Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You I mean to wish me a good morning. What do you mean
3: that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not?
2: Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God.
4: How good was G.I. Joe in the 80s? Did you have a G.I. Joe, Ben? I I
5: only ever had two G.I. Joes. The rest I had were um Cores you remember cause the cheap knockoff GI Joes no and you got they, you could get them at toy world and they were like you got six in a pack and they had dodgy paintwork, but they were the right size they were the same size as GI Joes <laughs> did you get them from and the
0: Caribbean market or
5: <laughs> I think yeah <laughs> those and uh and uh, oh, I wish I should have I should have dug it out for the show but I've got a great um uh, it's a Batman action figure, but on the packet, it says it's Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> Classic. That's like one of
5: the great,
4: great knockoff toys. Nobody listening would ever know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's one I prepared earlier. Hey, did they have uh, Did they have real crew cuts like the G.I. Joe? That's always what caught my attention. Well, some of them, like, the,
5: the, funnily enough, the two G.I. Joes that I had, one wore a helmet and the other one had a mullet. And all the cores had mullets. <laughs> Like there were, like uh, there was no, there was there were three punk, like punk characters that were still they were like military punks because they still came oh. with machine guns and stuff, but they had like pink mohawks and and, <laughs> uh, and stuff. But all the rest from memory had had mullets.
0: That sounds like the warriors.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: I, I did also play with Barbies and strawberry shortcake. So you know, I had stepsisters. Uh,
0: yeah. that was me. I
4: just uh, I chewed my sister's uh,
5: Barbies feet. Like I chewed the feet off until so only the wire, the the wire stub was left. Like I don't know what it was about. They were just like really kind of soft yeah, and they chewy. Yeah, that was
0: stuffed. Yeah.
5: And it was like, and they tasted pretty good. Like it was,
2: it was far
5: superior to uh, to tin foil. There's a there's a throwback to a couple of weeks ago. Did you try Did you try the tin foil Sam after, no, after last week? No, after, I not did last not. Week, so, you didn't give it a no, go. Well, no. we've got time, I, like in that, in the in the break.
0: I'm scared to like try. We'll record it live. <laughs> I haven't licked the battery either, so.
5: Oh, you missed that. Yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> I just I haven't. I just can't. I can't do it. It's like licking your phone. It's weird.
5: Oh, but it's it's even better than licking your, unless you, unless there's like exposed wires in your phone. <laughs> Like licking a battery is even more fun. But if you if you watch if you do it while watching like Alien Nation, where they jump into the whenever the aliens jump into the ocean in that film, it's like uh, salt water is like battery acid to them. So every time they do it in the movie, you lick the battery, and it's just like a it's like a, a taste. Uh, you can taste the movie.
2: <laughs>
4: the cinemas used to offer popcorn and batteries. And batteries yeah. <laughs> Twelve volts. Mm. I think it's safe to say that uh, today's theme for the show was a lot trickier than we first imagined. Yes. Yeah.
0: Definitely. 100%.
4: Well, let us introduce ourselves. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for hitting play. On this particular podcast, you are listening to Good Movie Monday. It's the weekly show presented by FakeChamp.net, home of the nerdy cinematic ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran, and those toys beneath my bed are none of your fucking business, all right? So my co-host, of course, is Ben Halwig, whose favorite toy is called the Black Destroyer, which retails for about $60. And yes, that is now part of my browser history. How are you, mate?
5: I'm good, and I I want you to know that I do not pay
4: retail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and beside ben in the zoom verse nervous about what i might say next is yeah. samantha Howson, who is much too lovely to be throwing sex toys at hey thank sam you. how are you welcome back <laughs> thank
0: you thank you for having me <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to
4: be um, back yeah sorry about that guys like we can't have a a, a toy themed episode without going down that avenue <laughs> i apologize <laughs> No, Sam, it is great to have you back. If you were at the desk in person, I promise I would have had your mic prepped a lot better than I did last time.
0: Oh, that's all right. I I, I do speak really quietly and I don't know I'm doing it either. Like everyone always tells me to speak up, but no
4: idea. If if you you go back and watch the actual videos that were recorded, the microphone was nowhere near your face. Oh, really? (laughs) That's my fault. Oh. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, like I said, I don't like listening to myself or watching myself, so I haven't (laughs) haven't even looked at them, but...
4: Well, in case people are wondering, uh, the theme of today's show is toy lines that have been adapted into movies. Uh, and it's it's quite a narrow point of reference, really. Uh, so we're going to be a little bit flexible on this one, <laughs> I guess. You know, movies with toys in general, you know, I don't care, <laughs> really. But uh, oh. the reason we're doing this is...
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: Go on. I Sorry, that, right? I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. I would have, that, My selection
5: would have been completely different if it was just movies that had toys in them.
0: Same. <laughs> I had the would exact done, uh, that that reaction I had the same thing I was like wait what
5: <laughs> what I would have done indian
4: in the cupboard and like <laughs> uh, this is I say it only to to give a little bit of flexibility for the segments that are yet to come right well it's a, well, I
5: mean it's a bit late <laughs> it's like hang on let's just let's just take an hour and a half break while I go watch <laughs> while I go read the wikipedia entries of a bunch of other films that I have <laughs> had time to watch. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, and the reason that we are doing this theme is because the new Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins is being released in cinemas. And uh, uh, as you may have seen on the, the show's banner, uh, we will be featuring a conversation with Andrew Koji the, from the movie who who is uh, he plays uh, Shadowstorm. So looking forward to that. And the gang is here too. Coming up, we have segments from Jarrett Garn from Monster Pictures, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm, Adam Ross from Triple M, the Bonehead Weekly Crew from Kentucky, and Chloe Ritchie from... Movie night with the Richie Girls. It's a fully loaded show,
1: to be sure. Introducing GI Joe Action Stars brand cereal—a delicious part of this complete breakfast. of Crunchy stars that taste great.
4: Do you guys still have toys from your childhood? Yes.
0: Yeah, somewhere.
4: What are they? I've got a
5: bunch of—I've still got like a bunch of kind of decrepit He-Man's.
0: <laughs> Did you chew them?
4: Yeah.
5: They no the He-Man's the He-Man's had hard legs. They weren't. Uh, you if you try to chew those things, you broke your teeth. <laughs> So they've got uh, normarks. But yeah, they've got like, there's like some of the colors been sucked off it. <laughs>
4: that's the it's same the... with the black destroyer when that
5: arrived. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, it's not black anymore. <laughs> uh, Cause the, the natural color is like some kind of weird fake skin color. And you're like, who wants a skin colored <laughs> toy?
4: <laughs> I still have Legos. I have Legos in a very robust and, and Lego specific briefcase. But I also have squishy eyeball too from the Melbourne show that I got in the show back.
5: When was the last time you played with those Legos?
4: I bust them out like maybe once a year, and I look at them, and then I just put them back.
0: You look (laughs) at them. You
5: polish them up. (laughs) Polish the bricks.
0: You don't build anything.
4: Well, no, because you know you clean out the garage, you're like, oh, there's the Lego, and then you have a look at it, and you just put it right back again. But I know it, like they are worth a fortune because of the cases that they're in. So Uh, you know, I do keep them. Yeah,
0: I I still have something in like the storage unit but I have no idea what it's been so long it's been over 10 years I
4: do still have um I have bouncy balls I have a bucket of bouncy uh, balls
0: really you kept them they always fell apart with me mm. I think I just like I That's... squished them too much and I like pulled pieces off did you chew them no I did not chew them. <laughs> I <didn't> chew them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of bouncy balls here's Jarrett <laughs>
1: What a great segue. (laughs) Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class. Now, there's no new movies hitting home entertainment this week. It sucks, I know. But don't despair, I've got some news. Now, I don't know if you checked out the trailer last week for Neil Blomkamp's Demonic. It looks pretty amazing. And the good news is that Universal Sony Pictures Home Entertainment will be releasing the film digitally to buy on September 15th, then a week later releasing it on Blu-ray and DVD. And as I currently understand it, we may be the first territory in the world to receive a physical release of the film. Then also from Universal Sony, coming out on October 6th is the latest feature from M. Night Shyamalan, Old. Now this is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD, and it could be the first opportunity for Melbourne and Sydney siders to see the film, given that we're likely to be in lockdown throughout the entire theatrical season of it. Then on that very same day, October 6th, Umbrella Entertainment will release the latest in their Beyond genre series, With Possession. That's right, the one with Isabella Jani and Sam Neill is coming to Blu-ray locally. I can't say at this stage whether there will be Simon Sherry artwork on the slipcover or whether there's any special features, but as soon as I know, I'll update you on that. Then there's more shutter titles coming to Blu-ray and DVD on September 15th. These titles include Random Acts of Violence, Scare Me, Terrified and Tigers Are Not Afraid. And these are coming out through Acorn Media and Mad Men Entertainment. Then the last bit of news I have relates to Paramount's upcoming August 11th release of A Quiet Place Part 2 on 4K Ultra HD. Well they've actually detailed the specs and special features for this release, and as predicted it does have a Dolby Atmos track, it'll also have Dolby Vision and HDR10, however it's a little light on in the special features department as there's only 5 featurettes, which is a bit disappointing given the film was delayed by over a year due to the pandemic. You would have think John Krasinski and the crew could have spent a little bit more time maybe recording an audio commentary digging deep and finding some deleted scenes and just just basically providing something a bit more substantial than five featurettes but regardless I'll be picking it up and look if they double dip down the track and do a deluxe edition of course I'll rebuy it anyway that's it for me for this week until next time stay physical
4: the Monster Fest and Monster Pictures social media pages are where you will find Jarrett Gunn. So um, at, at the very least, head over and, and give those pages a like and a follow. And of course, Jarrett will be back again next week and we make no apologies for that. Uh, so examples of toy lines turned into movies. I guess there's Trolls and Masters of the Universe and a fuck ton of Barbie movies. Brats, My Little Pony, all that kind of stuff. Pound Puppies. Um, but Ben, Sam, because there's three of us on the mic, um, we're going to do things a little bit differently and we're going to whittle it down to two recommendations and we're going to s- divide those over three blocks of the show. So we'll start with the two of you for the first round, then myself and Sam will go and then myself and Ben will bring it home. So Ben, um, did you struggle? <laughs> did you struggle with this theme? I did struggle.
5: Uh, and I thought we were doing three and now I vaguely remember you texting me and going, they two. So I prepped three. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk about two in uh, in one because they do relate. Uh, but I did like it, like I found stuff. I didn't find stuff that was necessarily good. So let's just, uh, it was, it was, I loved, I loved it as a kid, but I do not care for it anymore. Much like, much like Star Wars. Uh, oh
0: controversial, Ooh, yes, a co- controversial <laughs> opinion
5: but uh, uh uh for the my first kind of one i'm going to talk a bit about both uh go bots and transformers because for yeah. me i was always a, i was a, as a kid i was a go bots kid i preferred machine men i mm-hmm. because and primarily i think it was because one there was only like three characters for the good uh, in the good guys and three characters for the bad guys and so it was much easier to remember, and they are a lot more kind of iconic. I always got confused with who the Transformers all kind of were. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell Mirage from from um, what's his name, Wheel Wheeljack, or whatever the <laughs>
4: hell his name
5: was, or whatever. I didn't. And we
4: know. are ta- we are talking about the uh, the animated Transformers movie, the yeah? animated, yes. Yeah, so there,
5: well, the I'm still, I'm actually talking about the cartoon series, but uh, good job at listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh and the other reason that I always preferred uh, GoBots was because Transformers was on the Early Bird show with Marty the Monster and Daryl uh, no, what was his name? Daryl Cotton. Yeah, Daryl Cotton. And they always intercut every episode with BMX races and other stupid shit that I was like, <laughs> like I just was it's like having it was like having a 40-minute commercial and 10 minutes of show. So I never really could get into Transformers, but I didn't realize that at some point Hasbro actually bought out the machine men, which were Tonka toys and amalgamated the universes at some, like there's a, like so there is an alternate Transformers universe uh, uh, with uh, the machine, with the GoBots in it.
4: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that later because the new GI Joe movie, Snake Eyes uh, does open up that world. So,
5: of with, with the gobots
4: i'll, t- I'll talk about it later, <laughs> later. <laughs> oh it's because
5: it's it's going with the uh, transformers right or something like that i'm sure why not um but so like <laughs> I, I was gonna yeah so i could talk about the in australia at least they released uh gobots as a film there were two gobots films um gobots and then gobots uh versus the rock lords which i always thought the rock lords were like a he-man were he-man characters so i always thought that was weird but it actually turns out that that GoBots movie is just the first five episodes of the show slash the original miniseries. Um, and Transformers actually kind of did the opposite. They actually made a proper movie, like an animated one, but like a proper movie. And it has, it has some phenomenal voice uh, kind of cast. It's Orson Wells' last film and he plays yeah. Unicron, the, the the planet-eating Transformer. Oh,
0: that's cool.
5: Uh, Scatman Crothers. I also think it was his last film. Wow. Uh, And he plays jazz, like a very kind of uh, low key role for for him.
4: What a film! What a
5: film for legends to go out on. Yeah, and and like I mean, it's like Eric Idle turns up, Judd Nelson, Leonard Nimoy, Casey Kasem from uh, the Weekly Top Forty. Wow. I'm Casey Kasem. I'm Casey Kasem, and you're (laughs) not. I'll be right back with this week's number one. Uh, Love songs (laughs) and dedications. Yes, uh, (laughs) that's enough. That's enough of the horrible Casey Kasem uh, (laughs) uh, impressions from me. Uh, And of course, and Frank Welker, who who did the majority of the voices in the show.
6: Hello. Uh,
5: (laughs) no, No, not Frank Walker. Frank Welker. It's, it's not the National Tiles. It's not the National Tiles rep. But uh, you know, the best the funny thing is the movie, Transformers the movie was a lot more hardcore than the series. Like they, they kill off it, like literally in the first five minutes of the film, they kill off a bunch of your favorite Autobots uh right from the get-go. Like, and it is like the 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 Autobots do not do well in Transformers the movie. Like there it is nonstop carnage. The, the the uh, decepticons cl- clearly throughout the whole film have the upper hand um and there's like i'm not even going to go into the plot like just look no. it up on look it up on, it's a big it's a convolute it's a freaking convoluted story uh but it actually is it has a great <laughs> soundtrack and it is out of all the movies that i looked at for this episode it is one of the few that is actually good
0: how <laughs> oh, how long is it is it a normal thing?
5: uh that's a good question it's definitely I would say it's around it's 100 80, minute mark.
4: 85.
5: Oh, hang on, I've got it up here. What does it say? What does it say on the old IMDB? It says I'm just filling until the page loads. 94 minutes. Oh,
0: okay.
4: Oh, let's you know, let's split hairs. Yeah. So it's somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> awesome. Um, Sam, you're up.
0: Um, okay. Yeah, I prepped for three as well. So I um <laughs> You will choose. Well, you know what? I'll talk about Play Mobile, the movie, because I just randomly found this on Netflix. And I was like, oh, that's a toy. And so, um, but I actually have a lot to say about it because it's really
5: <laughs> I've never even heard of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It came out in um 2019. So it was like right before oh. the pandemic. So it's
5: I was I was in a coma that year. <laughs>
0: Convenient. (laughs) Wait. So, did you come out of the coma during? I'm still not out of the Uh, coma. I'm still there. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually directed by. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but it's Lino De Salvo.
4: Welcome to my world. Yeah.
5: And isn't uh, DeSalvo? Isn't DeSalvo the guy who directed uh, uh Jeepers Creepers? That's no, Vic. Is that Victor DeSalvo? Yeah. It's Victor Salva.
0: We won't talk DeSalva. about him on the toy right. show.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> this guy is actually. Do you have something to say?
5: No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I just. I. <laughs> it's, it's the good thing is like. A... We're all we're all on video with each other, so I just sit here the whole time, just making like facial expressions that look like I'm about to say something. And because of the delay, it just causes everyone else to go.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say something like, "Why is it insightful?
5: Um... (laughs) When has he ever done that? I don't even know what insightful means.
0: Um, Yeah. Anyway, he has an animation background, so he actually did Frozen and Tangled um and yeah anyway so this this um it's by i don't know if you guys had it but they're like they're bigger than legos and they're not duplo but they're um they came out in like sets
5: quadruplo no i didn't know i had i had the two i had lego and i had duplo
0: yeah yeah it's a german Uh, it's a german company but i remember distinctly having at least one
5: uh, one name? just one block
0: no just one <laughs> 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 no because they came out they don't i don't they weren't really like they were like sets of toys right but they weren't like things that you necessarily like um built up like lego um right. or duplo what,
5: what's the name of the toy
0: play mobile.
5: Plain mobile Play mobile i thought it was like when you said that i thought you were like like a like a like a toy plane like a
0: no no play mobile. like
5: a you know like a yeah, right. Yeah, like a, yeah. Like and some I think kind it's all one word, right? a crib or like a a plane on a string kind <laughs> of <laughs> thing. I had no idea what. I was like, oh, it's a toy well, I've that, never heard it's of. It's
0: probably why it didn't like it did not receive the money back for its budget at all. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I. Th- there are so many things about this film. It had songs that were completely <laughs> not memorable at all. It was so strange that they even put that in there. Um, the, it went from, like, live action to animation. So the live action had um, this storyline where these two kids were, like, full of life and they were really excited about travelling the world and then their parents die. And it's so unnecessary because the only reason why they have that is because she was free-spirited before and now she isn't because she's looking after a younger brother. And I'm like, that's that's understandable. But then they get sucked into this play mobile world and they go on all these adventures and then she's like back to the way she was before or something. But it, it, it just it was so weird and she was like the main character but she was like 18 years old but the toy is for like 4 to 12 year olds which
5: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like you talk to anyone who collects action figures and you're like, that sounds about right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this she... movie sounds great. <laughs> like a, any, any He-Man fan? Like,
0: yeah, that? <laughs> it's fine for collecting, that's, that's fine but like for this movie's like age group I, I didn't know who was meant to watch it like it, the audience was like all over the place I, I had no idea because the actual film was very tailored to young people but the main character was older do you know what I mean it was it was really strange it was a strange film and I'm assuming that's why it had like big names I had Daniel Radcliffe and um, Anya Taylor-Joy and um adam lambert was the bad guy and he was really good the actors were great
5: adam lambert yeah. american idol adam lambert yeah queen adam lambert yeah queen
0: and so it was actually i mean well,
5: i just twitched when you when you said that glenn that <laughs> <laughs> like, was a like completely completely like a, a non-conscious kind of reaction to adam lambert in queens i was like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was, the animation was great, but that's understandable because that's where the director's background was from, but.
5: Did the parents die in the animated part? No, no, in
0: the real part. um, Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) a <laughs> uh, dramatic reenactment in the <laughs> with the,
5: the animated the, the animated part the Play mobile mm. they have a, <laughs> yeah. a
0: little car accident with the yeah, the
5: pieces <laughs> just fell apart that's all it was
0: um but yeah it was yeah surprisingly i have i have a lot to say about playmobile the movie awesome
5: you do indeed <laughs> i just like it so in 2019 so when when were the toys around? Was it was the actual?
0: They were from the mid seventies, till till now, actually. Jesus. Yeah.
5: That's so weird.
0: Yeah. German. So maybe German. It, maybe it's yeah. more of a a European thing than.
5: Well, I'm I'm sure they're to be played with in a very precise uh, manner.
4: <laughs> very mathematical. Completely lacking
5: in joy. Science.
4: Yeah. It explains the one block they have to ration. Them.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one block per family. You have to join together with everyone
6: else in your apartment. Oh, that's block sweet. To, I like
0: uh, that. That's
6: nice. To, to be able to play. Yeah. Community. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? It's me here again from ScreenRealm.com, Australia's favorite entertainment website covering all things movies and television. Here to quickly tell you a little bit about what we've covered on the website in the past week. Kicking off with the casting of Batgirl, Warner Brothers and DC Films are taking the comic book character to the screen in a film adaptation that will be directed by Adi Lrb and Bilal Falah, known for Bad Boys 3, aka Bad Boys for Life. Set to play Batgirl, also known as Barbara Gordon, is Leslie Grace. According to Deadline, the Afro-Latina star is known for her breakout role in the recent movie musical In the Heights. No plot details for Batgirl are known as of yet, but we do know that we will be following Barbara Gordon, who is the daughter of Commissioner Gordon. Leslie Grace reportedly beat out a number of stars for the role, including Isabella Merced, Zoe Dutch and Hailey Lou Richardson. Netflix is getting together the cast for an upcoming Australian family film titled True Spirit. Oscar winner Anna Paquin, New Zealand star Cliff Curtis and Oscar nominee Josh Lawson, the Aussie star who recently killed it as Kano in Mortal Kombat. The film is to be based on the true story of Jessica Watson, a 16 year old Aussie girl who in 2010 became the youngest person ever to sail solo non-stop, unassisted around the world. Jessica Watson will be played by Aussie actress Tegan Croft, known for Home and Away and for playing Rachel Roth in the DC series Titans. And we know a little bit about the next film coming from Jordan Peele, the Oscar-winning writer-director who delivered 2017 horror hit, Get Out, and followed it up with 2019 horror film, Us. Now I say we only know a little bit more because all we have is a poster, the film's title, and a release date. The film has simply been titled, Nope, as in N-O-P-E, and the film has been given a US release date of July 22nd 2022, so that's another year away. And the poster is interesting to say the least it's basically a nighttime shot overlooking the lights of a small town and in the sky there's a cloud ominously hovering above the city there's also a colorful banner trailing from the cloud which is visually kind of ironic very intrigued as to what could be on the way here. And the latest film from filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan has been reviewed by Glenn. The film is titled Old and tells the story of two families holidaying on a remote island resort where things get very creepy. Within moments of arriving, it becomes apparent there is something strange about the location and when the youngest children appear to be aging rapidly, they discover that there is something horribly wrong and that time itself has been distorted. Glenn thought the premise was fascinating enough, even if it was a little contrived, but wasn't impressed with the overall film. Saying that Cheyamalan's compulsion for twist endings continues to be his Achilles heel, and I quote, putting it bluntly, Old is a struggle, the premise quickly wears thin, and the characters are not interesting enough to champion beyond one act. Perhaps there is value in Cheyamalan's trademark twist ending, and I admit that I did not see it coming. I cannot say that I enjoyed where I was taken in order to get there. Two out of five stars for old. And that about does it for me. Be sure to go to ScreenRealm.com for all your latest movie, TV news, trailers, all that jazz. Thank you once again to the Good Movie Monday team for having me. And thank you all for lending me your ears for a couple of minutes. Till next week, I'm out of here. What's my name?
2: your t- So I grew two more and I changed the game. Now I got four ways to punch you in the face.
4: Uh, the song is "It's Armageddon." It's from the uh, Lego Ninjago movie, and of course, the Lego films. That's a hugely successful movie franchise based on a popular toy line. I do have to admit, I I, I find them hard to resist. They're pretty fun. You guys into those? Yeah, no,
0: they
4: were great. The Batman one it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was. There was um, there was what four theatrical films, and I think there's a whopping twenty-one direct-to-video movies in that series as well, not to ah. mention all the short films and TV specials. So, anyway. Before that, you heard Guillermo from Screen Realm once again. Give their website a look and follow them on social media. Um, so, here's a question for you. What toy line would you like to see turn into a movie if uh, if challenged with making that decision? Like
5: a live-action movie?
4: Whatever you like.
0: Did you not have this prepped?
5: I remembered to prep it just as Glenn said it right then. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Would you want to have as a uh, as a as a, a as a movie? I would like to see. I would actually, and I think it may actually be in the works, or at least it's probably been optioned. But I would like to see like a live-action Silverhawks movie or a live-action Thundercats.
4: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. What about uh, Madballs? Yeah, I never
5: understood. I, what, what about what about uh, Fuzzles or Wuzzles? <laughs> yes.
4: I think
5: they they're fuzzles. They they turn this. They turn uh, it's such like. Such a, I feel like uh, Tom Hanks in Big, when they you fold with them inside out and they turn into a ball, and you're like, why are they turning into a, like in Big when he it's a transformer that <laughs> transforms into a building. Wait, you're like, well, why do you want to build it? Why do you want to play with a building? Like it's like a soft ball that didn't bounce. So you're like, oh, well, I, I can throw this at my sister's head, but <laughs> the impact is pretty low. When did so. it come
0: out? When was that?
5: oh it was. It would have been early mid '80s. Oh, okay. Because and there was a cartoon series
4: as well. Mm. What about you, Sam?
0: My toys were like Polly Pockets and Barbies, and Barbie, they're they're making a Barbie movie with Margot Robbie, so that's gonna Ah. happen. Um, but like I always just remembered like sea monkeys, and (laughs) like (laughs) I never had. Did you have? Um,
5: did you have? I don't know if you're you may be too young. Do you did you have glowworms? You remember glow no. worms?
4: Yeah, I, I had a glow worm. I
5: had a glow worm. They were great.
4: <laughs> Did they glow?
5: A glow worm and a teddy they, Ruxpin. <laughs> they the they glowed in the dark. They were like it was like a hard plastic kind of toy oh. with clothes, and he and it glowed in oh. the dark. He looked like Jiminy Cricket. Yeah.
0: Oh yes. Yeah, he, I looked know. Like a, he looked like he looked like a green
4: it. slug. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember I, I have the vision in my head, but I never had one. No.
4: Didn't they use a slimy glowworm at the start of the fly 2 when she gave birth to yeah. the maggot?
0: <laughs> I haven't seen fly Two.
4: <laughs> Do you reckon if they, if they screened the Lego movie on IMAX, it becomes a Duplo movie?
0: <laughs> I actually considered that question for a second until I realized how really? silly it
4: was. <laughs> yes, I,
2: I believe it. I believe it does.
7: <laughs> Come no threats caught for new warriors like you, snake eyes.
2: Let's tell us. Cobra will annihilate you.
4: I can tell you're a little impressed with me. So following uh, two commercially successful yet critically panned uh, G.I. Joe movies in 2009 and 2013, Snake Eyes has arrived with a reboot. It stars Henry Golding as the popular Snake Eyes character and co-stars Andrew Koji as Storm Shadow. He's best known as uh, the lead actor in HBO's *Warrior*, and he recently sat down to chat about the uh, about the film in a weird international press junket. So it was a weird whirlwind of a conversation, very brief, uh, but it was a good little chat, nevertheless. So we thought we'd uh, share it with you today. And now uh, let's let's have a
7: listen. Hey, Glenn, how you doing?
4: Yeah, really good, mate. How are you?
7: Yeah, I'm good, man. You got a good good figure behind you. It's the wrong kind of storm, though. It's the it's a storm <laughs> trooper that one. I'm on a storm of shadow vibe right now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you switched on. That's um, uh, yeah, awesome. Hey, uh, thank you for chatting. I just want to go right back to start with a question. Um, sure. Did you play Did you play with GI Joes when you were a kid?
7: No, no, no. I was, yeah, I was. I, you know, I grew up with the, uh, video, video games, and and uh, some toys. But no, we didn't. We had action for. It was Action Force in England, and it wasn't uh, the same. So, no, I didn't. Yeah. But we uh, <laughs> had to quickly do the research once the once the <laughs> world came in. Yeah.
4: So this film um, does it occupy the same universe as the previous two, or is it completely standalone?
7: Yeah, it's it's a it's a reboot, a revival, a refresher. It's a it's a it's a, it's new beginnings, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's also, I guess, because it's it, you know, it's a, a modernization kind of a, a adaptation, uh, like you know, for the modern, for the um so yeah it's it's kind of a uh, it, it, it's uh, yeah it's just a complete new uh spin on it you know
4: that's good that's really exciting and um the the whole concept of sort of you know brother ninjas with opposing destinies is a tried and true kind of trope in these sort of films but um the, the interesting thing about these characters is they have such a history going back from the toy line to cartoons and other media. Did you have to deep dive into the character to sort of, you know, learn more about it? Or was it all there on the page for you?
7: No, I, no, it wasn't on the page. Um, and the, I think there was, yeah, it, it was definitely you uh, a deep dive because, so the, the, obviously the script is a starting point, but then, you know, there's there's still work to be done. So um, yeah, 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 and there's still like finding out, you know, the the the. I think it was it was very when I got the early draft of script, it was still finding itself, and it was. Um, I think yeah, we w- wanted to know what was the best thing to do with the character, so the characters. So I think what we and the universe actually is the whole like the tone we were setting and everything. Um, so yeah, you do the deep dive, you figure out uh, what is useful and what is not, and I think the main thing is uh, with a character set in this and uh, this with a modern adaptation with modern spin on it um, you basically have to find the soul and the essence and the, the spirit of the character that's the main thing once you got that which was basically I got that from talking to fans uh, one, one fan in particular um, he kind of was a storm shadow fanatic so he was my main uh, uh, resource for that and once I figured it out then it was kind of laying in all the usual actory prep work that you do. Uh, the scene analysis, breaking everything down, and then figuring out—oh, um, yeah—the Japanese culture and the samurai kind of uh, influence uh, that Robert was an adv- as a huge uh, lover of cin- uh, Japanese cinema. Yeah, all those things just go into the into the mix.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And and what was the uh, the difference in discipline for you going from television action to to film action?
7: Um, it's it's, it's it's kind of the same, I think. There's not much. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say much difference. Just it depends on the director and the uh, TV TV though. I worry I'd say you have to be a lot. You have to be fast, man, because you know TV's on a lot smaller budget, and you know, and uh, uh, you got to get through ten episodes of filming, you know, and and uh, every you know for the you know filming that it's 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 a, it's a just just different, man. It's different, <laughs> yeah
4: cool and um you, you spoke of um like entering this universe a minute ago um does this film occupy that hasbro universe that it's sort of rumored to that it does in the cartoons
7: um i can't really speak does it does it occupy the hasbro universe um i think it it it's it's teasing it's teasing some stuff um for the potential yeah, yeah and i know i know they 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 there there are there are talks of of things, and I think it's, it's early days. Um, I'm sure that some mastermind up there, twiddling his fingers, his puppetry, you might have some plan. But yeah, that's all I know.
4: Yeah, no, cool. And um, just real quickly, you want to talk about uh, the director Robert uh, Schwink? Is it schwenke That's how you pronounce it. Some of um, like that. He's, yeah. a- <laughs> <laughs> he's a really big and bold and visual kind of director. How is he to work with?
7: Yeah, I I, I really like Robert, man. Um, I'm going to be doing another film with him. Um, uh, Yeah, he he was probably the main reason that I I took the job the first time. Um, Just, I I could tell that he really cared about, uh, and he's an actor's director, man, like, you know, um, uh, actor's director, cares about Japanese cinema, lovely dude, I connect with him. Um, He taught me a lot, he's teaching me a lot about film and cinema as a whole, cinema history um and he taught me a lot about japanese cinema history as well um yeah he uh yeah i think uh, he doesn't like the press so he keeps out of it but you know what's <laughs> up so, robert how you doing <laughs>
4: <laughs> no cool cool well this is all very exciting i'm really looking forward to it and i just want to end on a question um you know they've already announced there's a sequel is there anything you can sort of tease about that
7: Oh no! I think that we're gonna have to wait till it comes out first, man. I think because they do—they do listen to the audience reaction, and uh, that you know they'll find that out and, and listen to that, and then uh, and then and then I think, I mean, there were some things in the works, but I think they're gonna—you know—you've got to take one, one, one step at a time.
4: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, no, thank you, thank you so much for your time. It's been great chatting, and good luck with it all, mate.
7: My pleasure, man. Thank you, thank you.
4: A good little conversation there. hope you enjoyed it. Big thanks to Paramount Pigeons and Stack Magazine for helping to arrange that one. And now it's, uh, it's time for the boneheads. And uh, rather than toy line movies, because, you know, the, the pickings were slim, I did ask them to follow up the G.I. Joe theme with a segment about fun military action movies. So here you go.
2: <laughs> Oops. Hey, oh, okay, um, welcome to Matt um, Funsies
8: Fun size. Funzies. Funzies.
2: Why do we call it Funzies? I i don't know but anyway rebrand rebrand welcome to bonehead weekly funsies and <laughs> it sounds like it. an std
9: yeah well oh, I, I got I, the funsies it, once uh it was was young and needed the money yeah well it drips
8: so we're talking about war movies but not the most serious war movies this week gentlemen we're talking about the goofy fun ones you know like schindler's list
2: or just oh fun my ones. god that's it terrible can, it like, can, i'm ashamed
9: it, to actually follow that joke
2: you know, technically, it can be action-y and not be serious. Like the Dirty Dozen? Sure. Dirty Dozen's very serious. They're, they're all serious
8: to die. Yeah, but they're dirty, and there's a dozen fairness, of them.
2: Charles Brosnan wins. Charles Bronson Brosnan wins. Le- le- never mind. Screw it. Let's move on with this. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go first. Here's one that takes place during World
8: War II and it's based on a famous play and the movie came out in 1955 and Henry Fonda played Mr. Roberts in the movie Mr. Roberts. The play, He actually played him on Broadway as well, which I find fascinating and i would like to I was looking at the director, I didn't really realize it was directed by Mervyn Leroy and John Ford. It makes sense that John Ford was there because I mean, Ward Bond and a couple of uh, Phil Carey, the, these are people that were in a lot of John Ford films we're also in this picture, so that makes sense. But uh, James Cagney plays the pat- captain, and Henry Fonda is a lieutenant trying to do the best he can for his folks, and it's it's just fun. I think it still holds up. I watched it a few years ago, and I laughed. I enjoyed it. Jack Lemon is an ensign, and he's also hilarious in it. William Powell. James, what favorite movie do you have of William Powell?
9: All of them. The Thin Man. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. We I recommend guess. The
8: Thin Man. William Powell. Oh, yes. We definitely
2: recommend The Thin Man.
8: So there's a lot of hijinks ensuing. James Cagney's hard nose, and I like James Cagney. It's just a movie of its time about World War II, but I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. So if you've never actually seen it, go back. It was a huge film. Check it out. Mr. Roberts.
2: James.
9: I want to talk about the best film that ends in the word Academy. And that is the little-known, not-often-celebrated Combat Please. Academy. <laughs> Combat Academy, you see, is about two high school ne'er-do-wells who play pranks so much that they get kicked to military school. It introduced the world to some hack called George Clooney. Clo- Clo- anyway, Clooney, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, no, it's it was a made-for-TV movie. It's not overly great. But I remember watching it as a kid and being in awe of all the pranks. And here's the spoiler. The end of the movie, one of them goes, hey, I'm going to give up pranks. Here's my box of pranks. And they're burning stuff at the combat academy, the military academy. And he goes, well, you just take this and toss it in the fire for me. And the last scene in the movie is the other guy goes, oh, I guess he turned life around. And He throws it in the fire. Well, it's full of fireworks. Combat academy. seldom scene, military comedy. From the 80s. Do you remember the 80s? I don't. I, well,
8: right. no, The cocaine was, it's kind of hard to.
2: So so Joe did the classic. James did the 80s. I'm going to move up to the 90s. And I'm not, you all talked about the Army and, and possibly the Marines. I'm going to go Naval. And I'm going to talk about the only movie that starred a man who had a tattoo on his penis down Periscope.
8: I knew you were going to do that when I thought about doing it too. I Directed.
2: I not Directed by David S. Ward, stars Kelsey Grammer, Bruce Stern, Harry Dean Stanton for crying out loud, Kentucky native hey, William
9: David
8: S. Ward also gave us. Go for it. Major I League, it Major League, yeah, it didn't, yeah, even
2: yeah, like Major League. No, I was just wasn't gonna let you have the fun for that. Uh, but anyway, it also has Harlan Williams, Toby Huss, Rip torn, God-loving, angry son of a bitch. But no, it's all about this that this uh, novel. It's all about this. This lieutenant commander, who wants his own sub, he's expecting a high class nuclear rank sub, but he gets a, a diesel driven submarine from the um, '40s, and he has to use this uh, during this war games. And he he has a he has this really eclectic group of people. Each one is funny. If you haven't seen Down Periscope, you should watch it. It is a true representation of American military.
9: And if you uh, enjoy the film watch silver or read Patton Oswald's silver screen fiend and he'll explain why he just walks off set and you never see him the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah it's in there
4: it all right why. this has been bonehead weekly Funsies. bonehead weekly funsies
5: <laughs> that's what you know that's what I like to call those um you know those the tiny speedos for men that's like literally oh, all it does is <laughs> Just covers the the junk. That's, they're a funsy. That's a funsy.
4: <laughs> they they always deliver. Boneheads by name, boneheads by nature. They are Joe Lewis, Chad Jennings, and James Thomas. And their full podcast is Bonehead Weekly. And they are they give good interviews, so they've got lots of good guests and whatnot. So find them wherever you get your podcast from, and all that jazz. Sam, it's now our turn to go. Do you want to um? Do you want to take the lead on this one?
0: Yeah. Um. So I did a board game. Uh, Mm -hmm. A very popular board game called Clue or Cluedo, depending on what hemisphere you're from. And yeah, it's pretty classic. I rewatched it and I remember watching it when I was younger and think it was hilarious. But it's actually really Mm. subtle. It's so subtle in its humor. It's you could like blink and miss it. But um does
4: that mean your your sense of humor has gotten less sophisticated as you got older? I
0: don't know. I mean, I watched it with my parents and they were probably <laughs> laughing hysterically so I was like, "Oh, this is funny." But um it was fun. Yeah. It is funny, but um yeah. it's just so it's interesting now to like watch it a bit older and be like, Tim Curry is just incredible, no matter what he does. Um, Madeleine Kahn was always one of my favourites. I loved her.
4: I always had a crush on her.
0: Yeah, she's so amazing. But, like, it's probably not one of her best because she doesn't have a lot of lines. She's not really a huge um, part of it. But it has some really great people in it. But the the director was, uh, he directed My Cousin Vinny. And he also Mm. was co-creator of uh, Yes Minister. Which I found really interesting.
4: Um, oh, I saw Ben's face light up there. <laughs> yeah, I like the Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. <laughs>
0: yeah, he did both. Yeah, <laughs> so he, um, his name's Jonathan Lynn, um, and yeah, and so the, I mean, everyone knows the board game, but it was it was created in England, um, which is very <laughs> appropriate since everything that comes out of England's a murder mystery um but yeah it, and it's great because it's it's an 80s movie but it was set in the 50s and i love those there's they are just i don't know it just has like charm like 80s and mm, 50s mm. mixed together oh and the dvd has like three endings which you can watch all three or it can happen at random which is fun i like it. i like that yeah i watched all three but, do you remember
5: no. we had that tv show we had the clue the cluedo tv show
0: no, it was hosted no.
5: by um by uh was it the the guy who was married to kylie Mole from the comedy company
4: ian McFadden. i ian do McFadgen. remember this
5: yeah and it was and each week they had different guests were playing professor plum and
4: oh,
0: that's cool. uh,
5: colonel mustard and all that sort of stuff and they kind of They played the game kind of like live
4: on TV. Oh,
0: that's awesome!
4: (laughs) Can't remember. That's right. It's like the original. Thank God you're here. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) We called it Cluedo down here, didn't we? It wasn't Clue here. Yeah, it was Cluedo. Cluedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I always, I always got confused as a kid when the movie was out, like on video. It's like, why isn't this called Cluedo? Why have they called it? Yeah,
0: it's like Wally and Waldo. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Like, just stick to one.
4: What was that it's all always about? always Wally yeah. to me.
0: Yeah, because yeah, Waldo, for us, Waldo was the bad guy. Yeah. But in the States, Waldo was Wally. And I don't even know what their bad guy was called. But anyway, yeah.
4: <laughs> cool. Well, do you have anything more to add to that?
0: No, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, see it.
4: Yes, it is. It's, I think that has got a nice juicy Blu-ray release here as well, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Oh. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And it always... I remember it taking me by surprise that it was the Cluedo movie because it was because it was called Clue,
4: mm.
5: and I was like, "Oh, this is just like the, what is, this, this is just like the game? This is stupid." And it's like, oh, they have all got the same names.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: Sorry, I do remember the the reference in Bill and Ted's It's one of the games that when they when they challenge death to, <laughs> to the fun. game. Oh, okay. It's
6: yeah, like, yeah.
5: "Was it Colonel Plum in the library <laughs> with the candlestick?" <laughs>
0: I forgot that was one of the games because they did Battleship and Chess. I'm pretty sure they did Chess before. Best
5: three Three out out of five. five. (laughs) Damn right.
4: Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take you guys back to 1977 for what is considered to be the first uh, feature-length movie based on a children's toy. And it's um, the movie is Raggedy Ann and Andy, A Musical Adventure. And those toys go right back to the 30s, though. So they, they were well-established before this film came along. But have you guys seen this? It is a pure delight. No, I haven't no. seen it. No, I, I was shaking um, my
5: head, realizing that no one can hear me do
2: that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't think I'd seen it either. So I, I found it and went and watched it, and realized I had seen it. And all the memories came flooding back for when I was a kid. I had it taped off the television, and I remember even when, like where the ad breaks were and shit like that. So. You know, it's uh somewhat somewhat of a contentious film when you look up the history of it too. Uh, the director was Richard Williams, and he's the guy that animated all of the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff, mm-hmm. and um he left the project over a massive disagreement about the number of musical sequences in the film. And if you actually read up all of the reviews of the film at the time, every single one of them comes down hard on it for the, the too much music. There's <laughs> kind of too much music. And it's true. They, they finish one song and then there's maybe 30 seconds of dialogue and boom, straight into another <laughs> one. And the entire movie is, well, it's called A Musical Adventure. So I guess mm. it kind of makes sense. But I love it. It's kind of it's very charming, actually. And the cast includes Deddy Kong from Greece, you know, who played Frenchie. And she plays Raggedy Ann, and if you know her voice, then you'll know that she's a pretty good choice for that. And I don't know, you, Ben will probably know this guy, Mark Baker. Have you heard of him? Mark Baker. He was in Swashbuckler. I've never heard of him, but he played Raggedy Andy, and um, he looks a lot like um, oh geez, what's the dweeb from Fraternity Vacation? He looks a lot like him.
5: Oh, the uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know he. I know the, the guy went became a porn star. Porn. Yeah, yeah no.
4: Stephen Jeffries. Yeah. yeah, Stephen
5: Jeffries. That's it.
4: Well, we've managed to tie in uh, a pornographic film with Raggedy Ann*. I was going to
0: say you guys talked about this before, haven't you? <laughs> On one of the other episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, somebody listens, Ben. <laughs> I don't.
5: I don't believe it. It's just the trans. It's the transcription service. <laughs>
4: Well, like, tell me if this is familiar, though, because the storyline uh, is about two toys amongst many others in a bedroom that come to life whenever their six-year-old leaves the room. So I reckon, you know, I reckon the producers of this had a really good case to um, to sue. Nice toy. I think 20th, 20th Century Fox made this one. They could have easily sued Pixar because this is Toy Story personified.
5: But there's no there's no singing really in Toy Story, though, is there? They, they cut the <laughs> music part out. and They went, well, no case <laughs> <answer." laughs>
4: Imagine if uh, Imagine if Raggedy Ann was all Randy Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave in <him> the bedroom. <laughs> but it is; it's a magical film, and and a bit like um the Playmobil. This one is live action and animation as well. So oh. I kind of when I was watching it, my mind went right back to Dot and the Kangaroo. It's that kind of um animation. They never actually blend the animation with the live action. It just cuts between them. So, whenever the toys are lifeless and in the bedroom with the little girl, it's live action. And then when they come to life and go on adventures, it becomes animation. Mm. But the animation is really, really delicious. It's charming. I kind of like the musical sequences, even though there are too many of them. But if you... If anybody is curious to find this one, it's on YouTube in a few versions of it. But I highly recommend watching the thirty-five millimeter transfer that they've got up there because not only does it look amazing, it's complete with you know fleck marks and things like that just to give it that extra bit of charm. It has been polished though, but yeah. So Raggedy Ann and Andy: A Musical Adventure. That's that's where I'm going with this one, and yeah.
5: I really think that all movies should learn off Tintin and the and the the the, that sharks was it. The Sharks movie that I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, where it's just one musical number randomly thrown in there at a point in time that you're not expecting it, and once it's over, it, it, they never reference it, and it never happens again.
2: <laughs> like, well, in Raggedy Andy,
4: in Raggedy Ann and Andy, like you know, a musical sequence it finishes, and you go, well, surely there can't be any more. <laughs> and, and there's, there's another, another one. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the encore that doesn't end. <laughs> That's right. It just goes on and on, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is where we are. Uh, we throw to a new segment we've got from Chloe. And uh, this one, the only introduction it needs is a very familiar and specific sound effect.
10: Hello again friends, it's Chloe from Movie Night with the Richie Girls, and honestly I don't think I've been this excited to rewatch watch a movie that I was this week. Picture it, the year is 2007. My space still fully exists and my emo phase is in full swing. The world has just had their mind blown by Transformers, that's right. This movie is full to the brim of action and adventure. This sci-fi toyline classic will keep you glued to the screen for the full two hours and 24 minutes. The story just moves and changes with perfect fluidity and all comes to a head in the most impressive and chaotic robot fight that will 100% mess with your eyesight. (laughs) Directed by Michael Bay, who you may know from other gigs like Bad Boys 2, Pearl Harbor and Armageddon, also served as producer alongside Steven Spielberg what I'm going to be dubbing a movie-making wet dream team. Bay is known for bringing the action, guns, fast cars and good-looking sheilers, while Spielberg knows how to bring that signature magic and adventure. Being the first Transformers feature since the 80s, it's no wonder the movie brought in a whopping $709 US million worldwide. Now, even if you were like me and had absolutely no clue or zero interest in the brand growing up, I guarantee you still would have caught that odd cartoon on a Saturday morning and could sound off that theme song on cue. Transformers leading man is none other than the goofy and ambiguous Shia LaBeouf, Shia, 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 Shia La buff. Ch- Chia Poppy Pot. I, I guess we'll never know. But with a name just as interesting as his personality, he fits the role almost too perfectly as an incorrigible teen who talks like he just snorted an eight ball. Shia's character Sam Witwicky gets swept up into the chaotic and destructive war between alien robot enemies, the Autobots, and the Decepticons. They've made their way to Earth to search for an alien cube called the Allspark, said to hold enough power to take over and destroy all life. His sidekick and love interest is played by the absolute bombshell Megan Fox, who was, and still is to this day, so fucking hot she made a 17 year old chloe question her sexuality on more than one occasion but i digress you guys don't want me to bore you with my suppressed lesbian fantasies
4: (laughs) sorry what uh
5: yes we do
10: bringing more than just a hot bod and sassy attitude megan is able to ground the characters in a way so they actually seem like people in the real world now, we can't talk about Transformers without mentioning the equally gorgeous and talented supporting actors such as Josh Duhamel, Aussie actress Rachel Taylor, and none other than Anthony Anderson, who never fails to bring that comedic relief. But what makes this movie incredibly special is the fact that Peter Cullen is able to reprise his voice acting skills as Optimus Prime once more. Now you pair these professionals with a bangin' classic from Linkin Park, and boy have you got yourself on hell of a movie, my friends. The graphics and animation in this movie are so complex it's literally out of this world. Each frame taking the animators 38 hours to colour. And it was Spielberg himself who made the point to keep the CGI to the Transformers only. Everything else was kept to actual stuff Now if you ask me, and I know you didn't, more directors, studios, movie makers need to stop and ask themselves one question. What would Spielberg do? The answer? less cgi more stunt work i might say it a little louder for those in the back transformers came into the theater when i was in my late teens and i have to say i was just as obsessed with this movie as i was with my box colored side fringe and my all-star chucks if you live in australia i found this gem streaming on stan and i definitely recommend you revisit this one for your next movie night that's all from me this week have a happy and safe monday friends
4: Once again, excellent stuff. Chloe is new to our show and you can find her own podcast, Movie Night with the Richie Girls, wherever you get podcasts from. In fact, again, like I say, with all the other segments, follow them on Facebook and all their social media pages and catch up with their regular stuff. You may have picked up earlier in my chat with Andrew Koji that there is a Hasbro universe and Transformers is part of that. And um, that, that's a shared universe that, that um, exists with things like G.I. Joe, Transformers, ROM, Space Knight, Micronauts, Mask and Visionaries. And apparently they're going um, to open that up a bit in the future with these live action films.
5: So is it all owned by, like, ROM is a Marvel character, ROM Space Knight.
4: Yeah, Marv, Marvel um, did some comic books of um, G.I. Joe as well. They did and
5: Transformers, like Transformers has been on just about every comic label. But yeah. I did but do do Marvel own Hasbro now or do Hasbro it's
0: probably just collaboration.
5: AI? That doesn't sound like a movie studio, though. <laughs> <does> I <it>? uh, <laughs> don't like to collaborate. That's why we still have Fantastic Four movies that aren't part of the Marvel universe.
4: Did you know that the the, car, the cartoons even did uh, Transformers crossover with My Little Pony? And it was called Friends in Disguise.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? That's interesting.
4: It's true.
5: <laughs> that was funny enough, the, the guy, when I was a kid, the guy who pulled over in a van and offered me candy. Uh, that's, uh, that's how he explained it.
4: <laughs> and he went on to direct Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Chloe. It's great to have you on board. Uh, all right, Ben, you and I are up. Um, you go first.
5: Well, you know, you've been making a lot of fun of of, uh, Victor DeSalva on the show so far. And funnily (laughs) enough, the movie that I'm going to talk about has a similar pedigree, allegedly. You've got to watch
4: out for that word.
5: Yeah, (laughs) got to put it in there. don't want to get sued. Uh, But I want to talk about 1987's Masters of the Universe, directed by uh, Gary Goddard, who uh, has been accused by a few people of being a bit uh, untoward, including Anthony Edwards and uh, and a few others, but um, you know, let's just let's just move that to the side and and focus on the film. because Should
4: we do a whole episode on that?
5: On that, yeah. <laughs> I'm pushing it aside. <laughs> let's just leave the <laughs> controversial stuff out and <laughs> pretend that it didn't happen. Um, this movie, I don't know. Like, I, I think back to when I watched it as a kid, and I try to tell myself that I liked it, but. I I I didn't, because it wasn't like it's supposed to be a He-Man movie or Masters of the Universe movie, but it's not. It all takes place here. Like they find a they find some bullshit reason, and they do it by creating Gwildor, the, the, <laughs> the worst character in the Masters <laughs> of the Universe universe. Like they had characters that could have done that part. They could have had Orko in there. They could have had uh, Zodak in there doing a similar thing, but no, 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 let's, uh, let's keep Billy Barty employed and, uh, and bring in this weird character Gwildor who, who transports, uh, the mall to earth accidentally. And then Tom Paris from, uh, from Star Trek Voyager finds the cosmic key and thinks it's a Japanese synthesizer and uses it to accidentally (laughs) alert Skeletor and evil Lin to, uh, the master's uh, 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 hiding space on Earth. It is a a very weird film. It certainly is. Frank Langella plays Skeletor. He's great. Meg Foster's Evil Lynn is really good. Courtney Cox is in it for... Seemingly an unknown reason. (laughs) Like she's one of the, she's one of the humans, the Uh. the regular folk (laughs) that get caught up in it. She's not one of the masters of the universe.
4: Uh, She was, uh, she was a Canon actress at that point in time.
5: Right. Just doing uh, Ari Gross movies.
4: (laughs) She did the Albert Pune one, the Down Twisted.
5: Right. She was in it. I mean, she did have a, she did have a fairly kind of rich career before Friends. Just, uh, you know, never, never made it to uh, kind of, you know, a status. But she was in a lot of stuff. But um, Chelsea Field from uh, uh, plays Teela, and she was a solid gold dancer before she became an actress. And she's she's actually pretty good. Like, her, funnily enough, considering they've got Billy Barty, who is kind of the comedy relief character, and he's like he's the Jar Jar Binks of Masters <laughs> of the Universe. They still have they've got John Cypher and Chelsea Field playing uh, Man at Arms and Teela, and they're also kind of comedy relief. And then you've got, uh, they bring it, they create three new, uh, or four, no, three villain characters that are new, Blade and uh, Korg. I think his name's Korg. And and two, and then, and another one who gets killed. Funnily enough, he was the, he was the actual only one who, whose figure I had as a kid. And he gets killed really early, the other one. But then, and Beastman is the only actual kind of villain from the cartoon that makes it through into the into the film. Which is really weird. And Skeletor gets a bunch of Skeletor. Tr- it's, it, it, it kind of, it really bothered me because it fucked so bad with the Masters <laughs> of the Universe universe. Mm. But, you know, that being said, if you haven't seen
4: it, check it out. It does, <laughs> well, it does have James Tolkien in it from Back to the Future. So, you know, watch it for him. Frank Langella considers it to be one of his favorite characters that he's played.
5: He's great. Like, he's actually genuinely good. He and Meg Foster are genuinely good villains. And it's not that uh, Dolph Lundgren is bad as as He-Man, but I mean, when real people say these names out loud, it's just retarded. Like <laughs> you can't, like everyone else is fine, but He-Man is such a stupid name. <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> they had and his sister, She-Girl. Oh, they 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 changed that to She-Ra because they they couldn't call a She-Woman. <laughs> It's just, it's just like who came up with this? They've
0: made it, I, I, haven't they made? They've made a new movie or like an
5: animated movie is. recently. Oh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is. Oh,
0: uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah, got a,
4: a new series that's. Awesome. just if it hasn't just dropped, it's just about to. Oh,
0: okay, so it's a series.
4: And for a long, for a long time, for a long time, Ang Lee was trying to get a Masters of the Universe film up and running too. Oh. Right, Cyborg was supposed to be Masters of the
5: Universe too, right?
4: Yeah, I was about to say the famous piece of trivia is that cyborg and ma and um Canon's Spider-Man films got cancelled, and so Albert Pune came along and combined all of the sets and costumes and wrote a new story, and that's what Cyborg became. Cyborg became, yeah, right. Yeah. That's a great piece of trivia. I love that one. It's a good it's a it's
5: a good one. And it is like, it yeah. Is. It does like they Courtney Cox at the beginning of the film, she does work in a fast food kind of chicken restaurant. And I will say the most memorable thing about the film is like how much I want to eat
2: <laughs> that fast
5: food. Like it looks, and cause what's his name um, ends up there. Like man at arms and Guildor steals. Like, I don't know if, it, I don't think it's KFC, but he somehow steals a bucket of chicken <laughs> from a couple making out in a car. And they literally, so they've gone to the drive through they've grabbed their bucket of chicken. So it's like KFC, <laughs> 80s KFC bucket stars. And then they put the chicken in the back seat so they can make out in the front. Now I'm as, I, I like making out as much as the next guy, but when there's a, like hot, hot fast food chicken to be eaten, which will not reheat well, you take a break from the making out, you eat the chicken and then you get back to the making out. And that way you get to eat the chicken twice. Like it just,
0: it's good advice. It,
4: Good advice. You know, Yeah,
5: I, uh, yeah. but there you
4: go. Masters of the Universe, <laughs> um, 1987, I, Gary Goddard. I, I just came up with two new shows that we can do, Ben. Uh, one would be Movies That Make You Hungry. That would be good. And maybe we should do Six All Degrees of, of Billy Barty.
5: Yeah. <laughs> just to see if you can get an interview with him. I mean, I know he's been dead for about <laughs> 10 years, but... <laughs> or I can just find someone who can do a good impression.
0: I was going to do Ouija. I was gonna do the movie Ouija. You could get a Ouija board. You could start yeah,
5: talking and, uh, yeah. and communicate with Billy Barty. Yeah, what's his uh, what's his name in Willow? Is the uh, it's, I can't remember what his character's name is. I keep thinking it' Oofgood, but that's uh, Willow's last name.
4: <laughs> what about um, in UHF? Isn't he Noodles McIntyre or something? Is he? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> and like whenever he whenever he appears as like Billy Barty, like not in some kind of weird fantasy costume he's always wearing like a sleazy kind of checked sports jacket like a like a like he's a used car salesman (laughs) or a bookie (laughs) or a bookie yeah totally
4: (laughs) all right i'm gonna i'm gonna speed through my my final one um because uh you just took too long ben
5: (laughs) i always do i'm a i hog the microphone i freely
4: um I don't know why, but there's something completely wholesome about my picks today. I've gone with, um, from Raggedy Ann, I've gone to Kit Kitteridge. Have you guys heard of this one? It's one of the all-American girl films. Uh, It's a huge franchise. There's 14 installments in the series now, and um, they're all based off a popular line of girls' dolls, which are kind of like a a Barbie kind of thing, but launched in 1986. They offered a lot more diversity and sort of multiculturalism and multi-eras and all that kind of stuff. And And
5: yet she's she's American, so... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> well Julia Roberts produced the film series um, And it all began with Samantha and Felicity uh, They were both directed by Nadia Tass um, Australia's own who did Malcolm and the Big Steel And what not And, and whatnot. Uh, Three movies were released to television before they increased their budgets with this one and went theatrical. And look, I love it. It's um, made in 2008 and it's about life during the Great Depression as seen through the eyes of a 10-year-old girl played by Abigail Breslin. How's this for a cast though? Julia Ormond, Stanley Tucci, Joan Cusack, Wallace Shawn, Glenn Headley, Chris O'Donnell, Willow Smith and Max Thero, as well as Jane uh, Krakowski. I think that's how you pronounce her name. That's a stellar cast. Yeah. And it's a fantastic film. It has a running theme um, all the way through the film, sort of blurring the lines between the wealthy and the homeless when the depression hits and sort of you know, the, the segregation that the, the the crisis, you know, causes. But it's beautifully shot and it's really well acted and it kind of feels like, I guess, My Girl. If you like the aesthetic of My Girl, it's got that kind of flavour to it. But well worth a look.
0: Mm. Yeah, I really like that film. Kidderidge. Yeah, it's. it's, You'd love it, Ben. Oh,
4: I've seen the cover. I've seen the
5: poster of this, Mm. and she looks weird. Like somehow, like like Martin Short in Clifford. Like someone's done something (laughs) weird to her face, and it's actually like it's it's actually a horror film. They probably tried to. They tried to make her look like a doll, I guess,
0: like the doll, Kittridge.
5: Right, (laughs) and she just looks kind of (laughs) creepy. Like what she and she's like, and then you find out like on the poster that there's a a basset hound with his head resting on his shoulder, and you find it. It's just the seven head, <laughs> and the, oh, the no. eyes
2: are
5: <laughs> it's all stuffed. And she's <laughs> all the people in the photos underneath the people she's killed. Like it's her Dexter like trophy, like her trophies of like. Wow, kills.
0: this this took a dark turn. <laughs> uh. I've really,
5: uh, I've really, yeah. Just from looking at the poster, I've really built my
3: own little universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Things are about to get a lot darker. Here's Adam. Hey, guys. It's Adam here from Adam's Just Seen and Triple M with another good Movie Monday recommendation. This week, we are doing movies with G.I. in the title and it's fallen onto me to revisit G.I. Jane. Now, this is a movie that's kind of infamous because it was one of the last really big star vehicles, the Demi Moore, and I don't think that it can kind of be you know, overstated just how big of a star Demi was and that this feels like an above the line Demi Moore production, she could control the director, the screenwriter, basically every element of this film, you can feel her touch on it. Now, she won a Razzie for her performance in this film, but I do not think that she is that bad. I think she's got this steely determination here as Jordan O'Neill and I think that you know that she acquits herself quite well there are physical montages in here of doing what her doing one arm push-ups which I reckon are kind of pretty rad <laughs> so they definitely feel of another time now GI Jane is about a woman being put into the Navy SEAL program which is notorious for being one of the most difficult training if not the most difficult training on the planet uh, and now we have even TV reality shows of stuff like this like with SAS Australia so I mean just on that level alone it is quite rousing to See insight into the military training precision that goes on. Uh, It looks arduous looks very, very difficult. Uh, This movie has the distinction of being directed by Ridley Scott, yeah, the guy that gave us Alien and Gladiator, and so just on that front, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Scott is one of the great visual stylists that's ever worked in film, and he definitely brings that to the table. The movie's got a really kind of curious, and I think kind of rad performance here too as well, by Viggo Mortensen, who has gone on to become, you know, one of the all-time kind of great actors, and uh, his mustache, accent, and really tight shorts here, something i think that you need to just check out for yourself so look not as bad i think as it kind of sits in history and really honestly like a interesting progressive film for 1997. i mean film has become you know highly political and we talk more about the themes and you know and the politics of film than we do even about their construction so a movie here that wanted to push buttons uh you know is it a little bit clumsy in some ways yeah but it's very curious to see where we are in film in 2021 and to go back and to see this through this lens This is currently on Disney Plus, so you've got nothing to lose by just clicking on it. And I think that, you know, if you want to kind of complete Ridley Scott's filmography and go back and see to as well how powerful Demi Moore was at that point in her career, it's really interesting to check out, you know. And she joins, you know, one of the great actresses to ever shave their head for a movie, like Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta, Charlize Theron in Fury Road, and Demi Moore here, and obviously, Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3. So, check that
4: out, worth your time, and uh, yeah. If, ben, if you had a if you had a GI Jane doll as a kid, would you have suck the legs off that one too? <laughs> if they were soft and chewy, <laughs> I
5: I didn't discriminate. Uh, Ken Ken did not do well. Ken did not fare well in the. You know, Ken had hard legs, Ken was all plastic, like a helmet hair Ken. And Barbie was the one who had the chewable feet, and it did not, it did not in any way instill any kind of weird fetish in. <laughs> adult life like i still i look at i look at foot fetish porn and i'm like i don't get it what's the
0: appeal yeah like what
4: what does that you know there's do you walk past like you know more windows and think i'd love to suck on those mannequin legs
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, mannequins are too hard Yeah,
4: yeah i just every time i do i just i think of
5: mannequin i'm like
4: she's gonna come alive you might, yeah. He, Sam, he he waits for summer when they get all uh, soft and wilty. Yep.
5: yeah, a yep. bit melty. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you to Adam. Uh, that was fun, and uh, you can find Adam at his uh, Facebook page, Adam's Just Seen. Uh, go and annoy him and talk about movies and shit like that, guys. We've hit, uh, we've hit the end of the show. Another one in the can. Um, we does never do this theme again, ever.
0: Yeah, not unless they make more
4: <laughs> toys yeah, the from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> let's put down a tentative date and we'll wait yeah. until there's more <laughs> 20, 2050
0: 2052
4: yeah.
5: i'm actually you know i i kind of am shocked that there isn't more considering yeah. how the studios are so like ip friendly now i mean they made a they made a battleship movie
8: yeah. I, I,
5: like the you know you'd think that there were plenty more toy lines they could have ripped off for movies that, for whatever reason, they. Had. I mean, they made they made a Facebook movie for fuck's sake. Like, admittedly, yeah. it's not the movie I thought it was going to be when they said it was a Facebook movie <laughs> or like a the Monopoly movie.
0: But, but they, were, I think, um, it wasn't David Fincher or uh, Martin Scorsese or someone like was going to do a, a Monopoly movie, or it was yeah, in it the was works. Like a legit, yeah,
5: yeah. But it, d- it didn't it's...
0: happen,
5: right? No, or at least it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. yet. I'm sure yeah. it's. It... It's like all those movies, they're in development.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, Would that have been like a Wall Street kind of film, do you reckon? Oh, for Mano, sure. Yeah, For sure.
0: <laughs> That's right. Go to jail. <laughs> 200 times. <laughs>
4: like, if there's a jail sequence here, Dan- Danny Trejo's in there. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all
5: about, you know, Trump-esque real estate magnates <laughs> trying to avoid, trying to build up hotel empires and avoid prison. <laughs>
4: That sounds depressing. Mate, that, if he had a pitch if, if they had a pitched it like that I'm sure they would have solved it, <laughs> it, it,
5: it have got the green light. it would have got the green light. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey everybody listening if you don't follow us on social media already then what are you waiting for? We're on uh, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube and Instagram. Um, the pages are loaded with content and um... We drop we drop our videos now several times a week. So we have uh, our Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday videos, and that includes the new up late uh, video we do with Chloe. So um, we have a nice chat over a cup of coffee. Uh, but Sam, it's it's been radical, having mm. you here again. Thank I you. reckon we can do it again soon. I, I hope we yeah, can. Yeah,
0: great. I'd love to come back talk.
4: Yeah,
0: talk about <laughs> maybe not something a bit more
5: <laughs> <Nope>. easy <laughs> sex toy talk. And, uh, <laughs> as a, as a, Like, literally, it's what you opened with, Glenn. (laughs) I'm going to close
2: with it, too.
4: But first, let me thank those people I always thank. Four Pillars, Gin Eagle Entertainment, Luna Driving, Astor Theatre, Umbrella Entertainment, and also a whip around to thank. Whip, get it? Uh, Jarrett, Gambo, Adam, <laughs> Chloe, Joe, Chad, and James. And much love to Tia for the work she does behind the scenes. Benjamin, thank you, mate. Um, I have I have placed that pre-order for the Black Destroyer, so it should be on your doorstep <laughs> any day now.
5: I was hoping it was going to be a fuck me silly, which is... <laughs> That's the sequel to Raggedy Ann. (laughs) There's a comma in there,
4: though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you've had fun. I think it's been a pretty fun show. We're going to leave you. uh, Speaking of um, kinky fetishes, a a song from the Care Bears movie. This one is called (laughs) When You Care, You're Never Afraid to Try. So, Ben, Black Destroyer on its way. I'm not afraid to try. (laughs) You sound afraid. I can't wait. (laughs) From the 1985 soundtrack to the Care Bears, Uh, have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you on the next one where our special guest is S.K. Dale, the director of the new Megan Fox thriller Till Death. But for now, Care Bears, and a very special surprise from Ben at the end.
6: We're calling for the loyal hearts wherever they may be.
9: We're calling for the proud hearts to come and follow me. We're calling for the gentle hearts to keep us company would be a treat heart if you would
4: Hi, I've got a delivery here for Mr. Ben Helwig